For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, trying to bring you a wide variety of really good information all about you and your health. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder the Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. They carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, we're here every Sunday morning, and I'm going to invite you to tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Dr. Decker Weiss. Now, today we're honored with our guest, Katie Singer, a medical journalist, and our topic is the dangers of EMFs with an emphasis on the vulnerability of children. I want to tell you a little bit about Katie. She's an author, and she reports on the history of regulating electronics and the consequences of tech use on climate change and democracy, on our health environment, and privacy. Katie works on public policy with the Electromagnetic Radiation Policy Institute. A medical journalist, her books include An Electronic Silent Spring, Honoring Our Cycles, a Natural Family Planning Workbook, which is a companion to Sally Fallon's Nourishing Traditions. An international speaker, her work encourages everyone to ask who determined that a given product is safe and how they determined it. Her website is electronicsilentspring.com, electronicsilentspring.com. And you can go on that site and get lots of information, her articles, and sign up for newsletters. Welcome to the show, Katie Singer. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're looking forward to the discussion, and this is certainly not a new topic, but this topic is gaining a lot more momentum as we discover more and more about EMFs and what they can do. Now, the FCC has regulated our use of electronics for nearly a century. How does the FCC determine safe technology use? And can you give us a history of the FCC and our electronics and what's happened with EMF information? Wowzers, you ask big questions, which I appreciate very much. Let me go back to 1934, which is when Congress established the FCC. And at the time, the FCC defined harmful interference. That is when um, an electronic device interferes with another electronic device. And according to the FCC from 1934, 
you could they were wanting to encourage um, invention and development of electronics, and so they said, "Yeah, go forth and invent whatever you want, bring it to the marketplace, as long as it doesn't create harmful interference with existing radio or TV broadcasts." Now that definition includes internet and cellular services. Harmful interference, according to the FCC, has never included biological harm. So, in other words, if um, radio or TV broadcasts or, um, you know, the antennas uh, uh, that allow Internet services, cellular services, TV to function, if they disrupted anything about human health or our you know, wildlife, that would not be considered harmful interference by the FCC. That, you I, know, this is, this is fascinating. And I must admit, I was not aware of this, and I'm certain that a number of our listeners are not either. Okay, that, wait, now let me, let me say something to that, because yes. I think you're, <laughs> I think very few people would, knew about this. And so, um, uh, um, but what happened, as far as I can see, is that once we first started seeing electronics in our culture, we were enamored with them. They could do such cool things. They could light up the night. They could give us refrigerated food. They could give us radio. All of those things that we loved. And now, of course, we have many more conveniences. We have never asked the question, what are the long-term consequences to our health, to wildlife, from using these devices? What are the long-term consequences from the infrastructure that they require? And there, there would be so many components to that question, but most of us got born expecting electronics, and expecting the conveniences that they give us. And because we don't see immediate effects, usually, to using any of these devices, we have neglected, like the FCC, to ask those crucial questions. So you're exactly right. You didn't know it. None of us knew it. This is very interesting and a little scary, uh, especially with what we know now. So... Take us. So if I, yeah, let me take us. I'm sorry, I'm jumping because I, I, I know we're, we only have an hour and I, there's so much I want to share. Um, so one thing that's very interesting, the first cardiac pacemaker was implanted in a person in 1958. And for the next 13 years, people with cardiac pacemakers complained. And maybe you can remember going to a restaurant and seeing a sign that said that there was a microwave oven on the other side of the wall. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. That was a regulation enforced by the FDA in 1971 because the microwave oven's emissions would uh, cause interference with pacemakers to, um, you know, people who were dining and didn't know that there was one on the other side of the wall. So there was a regulation. Now, again, that's one device to another. 
it's it is we are concerned in this regulation with the health of the person who's got the pacemaker but basically the the regulation came about because it was one device to another in 1969 congress established the environmental protection agency and within a few months there was a division that exclusively studied the effects of radiation on uh, man-made radiation emissions on uh, human health and wildlife. By 1986, this division had 36 full-time employees. And then under the first Bush, the department started getting whittled down. By 1995, under Clinton, it had zero employees. So this division is still authorized to study the health and environmental effects of exposure to man-made radiation, but since 95, it has received a budget of zero to do so. Interestingly, the following year, after this division was totally disbanded, um, in 1996, Congress passed the Telecom Act, and this is again under Clinton, and Section 704 states that no health or environmental concern may interfere with the placement of cellular antennas. Interesting. Again, something that very few people are aware of. And now we are living more than 20 years downwind of that law. There are, and, and there was no check or balance you know, from the EPA saying, wait a second, there's a lot going on here um, that we need to look at because we are biological creatures, you know, on a um, planet that is based in nature. <laughs> um, and this man-made stuff does have consequences. Also in the mid-'90s, that's, we had um, cellular phones, starting to show up in the marketplace. And most people don't know, well, how did the FCC determine that these things were safe to market? They took a 200-pound plastic dummy, and they filled his head with salty fluid, and they took his temperature. And then they gave him a cell phone for six minutes. And then they took his temperature again. Because that dummy's temperature did not change by 2 degrees Celsius in those six minutes, you can have a cell phone today. These are, um, that in, I need to clarify that the FCC was only looking at thermal effects, immediate thermal effects. Did that dummy's temperature change immediately from using a cell phone, from having a cell phone beside his head? And it didn't change by two degrees Celsius. And so that's the whole regulation for cell phone use, according to the FCC. Now, we have thousands of studies from scientists around the world, peer-reviewed science, showing the non-thermal effects of exposure to man-made radiation from cell phones, from power lines, from... Um, Wi-Fi routers from, um, you know, living near cell towers. And 
these are not recognized by the FCC because it only considers harmful interference, interference of existing radio or TV broadcasts or cellular or Internet services. Now, so, this, this is important, and we are going to continue this discussion in the next segment. You have really given us a lot of good information, and for those of you who have just tuned in with us, you're on The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back after this break with more interesting information from Katie Singer. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics, it can all take a serious toll on your health. But we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 AM. I want to remind you to tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Dr. Decker Weiss. Now, today our guest is Katie Singer, a medical journalist, and our topic 
is the dangers of EMFs with an emphasis on the vulnerability of children. And Katie filled us in in the first segment as to how unregulated uh, EMFs and uh, man-made radiation have been. And that was a shock for me. And Katie had explained to us that that was the way it was. So we are going to talk more about the human effects, the human impact of man-made radiation. So let's keep this conversation going, Katie. Thank you so much. Talk to us about the kids and pregnant women, because that's a hot topic. Okay. And I, okay, we're on the same page. Um, That's, I look at that as another question. So you, everyone knows um, you want to, you want to know, well, how are pregnant women affected? How are children affected? How are infants affected? Because they have, um, they're a different size. They're, you know, they're developing. They're doing brain development, and you only get one chance at brain development. Um, how are they affected by exposure to everything from a baby monitor to a pregnant woman using a cell phone to a pregnant woman sleeping near a Wi-Fi router or a smart meter or a cell tower? All of those questions are crucial to public health. None of them have been considered by the FCC. Um, that is so sobering. And, and now we live in this environment where everyone expects all of the devices I just mentioned and more, and there's really no place to go to get away from it. So in the, I promise in the final section I'm going to um, tell listeners what they can do within their households to reduce their exposure. But the reality is that given our federal laws, and they are changing all the time in the direction of less and less regulation, even than what I have stated so far, um, I want to give people things that you can do in your own household, in your own school, in your own office, so that you can reduce your exposure. But if we look at this question, how are living creatures impacted? I actually want to go back um, a few billion years to answer the question, because a few billion years ago, this planet was a mass of water, dust, rock, and gases. And then, you know, the sun heated the water and formed clouds, and we had a buildup of charge, and lightning began to strike. Lightning, of course, is a kind of electricity found in nature. And we, you know, billions of years passed, and we got, um, it, you know, the, the amino acids and the enzymes that formed the building blocks of life. We have all evolved in this electrochemical environment. All of our cells function by electrochemical signals. We are electrochemical creatures. And so like my voice right now is working by electrochemical signals. Um, We didn't, in the last 200 years, we have dramatically changed our environment so that now we are surrounded by this man-made electronic energy. And Um, at frequencies and amplitudes that are not found in nature. So how does it affect us? That's the question. 
we have studies that show DNA damage. We have studies in the last year that show um, we have four uh, studies showing that long-term cell phone use increases brain cancer risk. The National Toxicology Program uh, a year ago, almost exactly, released partial studies of a $25 million rat study showing that um, cell phone use leads to glioblastoma. It's a kind of brain tumor. Heart schwannoma is another kind of tumor and DNA damage. So these are all with adults. If we look at, if we go to your question, what about um, in utero use? What about um, infant exposure? What about children's exposure? We do have studies showing that when a pregnant woman uses a phone, her child's risk of behavioral problems, aggressive behavior, by the time they reach school age, increased by about 85%. That's pretty startling. That's huge. Um, I'm now reading studies that one-third of all children are using electronic devices before they have speech. How is that going to impact us? Um, I'll say the best... Uh, um, I can start to say some of the solutions, which also reveal some of the problems. Um, and so let me clarify, especially with children, there's exposure to the frequencies that are required for a device to operate, um, the electromagnetic fields um, that are emitted during the operation of a cell phone, of a Wi-Fi router, that's a kind of radiation, and the child could be getting whole body exposure or local exposure just from putting the cell phone to their head. Um, whole body exposure would be from being in an environment with Wi-Fi. There's also screen time exposure. So what happens when a child is looking at a screen rather than its mother's eyes, for example. I have certainly seen lots of women breastfeeding their children, which is wonderful. They're making eye contact with their smartphone, not with their baby. How does that change the baby's development? You know, what is that doing to us? And then when children um, look at screens and become addicted to screens, which is... Um, happening all the time, how does that affect their brain development? These are questions we really need to look at. There, I can tell you, um, Dr. Victoria Dunkley, she's an MD child psychiatrist. She has a wonderful book called Reset Your Child's Brain. She found so many children showing in her practice with autism and psychotic behavior that she, she didn't know what to do, and she realized if they went on a three-week electronic fast, only then could she determine what they really needed, you know, for treatment. She couldn't even diagnose them until they did this electronic fast. And the amazing thing is that many of their problems cleared up 100% from this three-week electronic fast. And then she would say, okay... We're living, you know, in the present. So
So let's reintroduce electronics starting, say, with 15 minutes a day. And then if the kid's fine, great, go on to 30 minutes a day. If you start seeing a meltdown at 45 minutes a day, you know to go back to limiting the child's use of electronics to 30 minutes a day. Um, And the children are also glad because they don't like the meltdowns either. Um, So her book, again, is Reset Your Child's Brain. There are other physicians who are doing wonderful work with children's screen time exposure. I have a paper called Calming Behavior in Children with Autism and ADHD. And here I report on the work of a pediatrician, Dr. Toral Jelter. She's in the Bay Area. And she developed a free protocol that um, for reducing electromagnetic radiation exposure. Um, and she just had wonderful results. I can tell, you want me to tell the protocol or should we? we yes, um, uh, let's go over that. You can summarize it. Okay, so um, turn the Wi-Fi off at night for at least 12 hours. And don't let the child within eight feet of a wireless device. So that means you need to get a corded telephone. Ideally, you get a corded telephone landline, which those are being outmoded, again, at the federal and state levels. Um, um, And if you can, turn the electricity off at the breaker box to the child's bedroom while sleeping. If you can't do that, then just unplug everything in the child's bedroom while sleeping. Don't just turn it off. You want it unplugged. And she had one child in her care. Um, He was 10 years old. This was on a military base. This boy screamed every night nonstop from 10 10 p.m. until 3 a.m. He was very aggressive. And Dr. Jelter said because of the background radiation on the military base, she didn't think that the protocol would do anything, but these parents were pretty desperate. All they did was turn their Wi-Fi off at night for 12 hours. And within three days, this boy, who had never spoken a word in his first 10 years, he spoke a complete sentence. And so the family became, you know, really diligent. They, they decreased their exposure as much as they could, and the physician put him on a therapeutic-grade fish oil, and within three weeks, he slept through the night. No more screaming. His behavior became um, much less aggressive. So there it is, a free protocol, and you don't have anything to lose for trying it. And you don't need autism in the family to try it. You can, anyone can try that experiment. Just turn your Wi-Fi off for at least 12 hours at night and unplug everything in your bedroom. If you can do it safely, turn the electricity off at the breaker box to the bedroom while you sleep. And don't let any wireless devices within eight feet, certainly while you're sleeping. Okay, these are these are great recommendations, and we are going to keep this discussion going in the next segment. And for those who've just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We will be right back after this break. 
Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro. And we try to bring you a lot of good information, as we are today, all about you and your health, your neighbor's health, your family's health. We cover it all. And we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Dr. Decker Weiss. Now, today our guest is Katie Singer. She's a medical journalist. And our topic is the dangers of EMFs and EMRs with an emphasis on the vulnerability of children And Katie has written a very interesting article, actually many interesting articles, but one that's called Inviting Discussion About Safer Tech Use in Schools. And Katie, could you kind of summarize what this article is about and what people can do about safer tech use in their schools? Great. Um, There are... so. So far, we've been talking about the effects of electromagnetic radiation on health and 
also screen time exposure on health. Um, there are so many other aspects to technology that we haven't really looked at, even though we keep bringing more and more into <laughs> into the environment and into the culture. And so I wrote this paper to invite discussion. That's the title of it, Inviting Discussion About Safer Tech Use in Schools. And I should say it's available for free on my website, electroniccyclentspring.com. Um, and it, what I find is that, okay, in one generation, electronic, use of electronic technologies has exploded. And so we've got this dramatic environmental and cultural change, including in classrooms, but we haven't really looked at it. So my dream is that even just in groups of two or three people, um, if people can read um, what I've got here, um, some of the issues that I think we need to discuss and I've got a list of options for schools that they can um, experiment with. Um, let me go over some of the issues so that we can have, I mean, the goal would be more prudent use of technology, safer use of technology in schools. I'll also say this can work in a workplace, you know, to have a discussion about these issues at the workplace and in a household. Um, so, first of all, screen time contact is not a substitute for in-person relating. And unfortunately, um, I now know of online preschools. Um, kindergartners are being put in front of screens for hours at a time. And this is, you know, this screen time does not substitute for social relating, you know, for children relating with each other or for having eye-to-eye -eye contact with teachers. Um, then there's the whole privacy issue. Um, it's common for electronic, for, for educational software to track students' preferences, their interests, their social contacts, their locations. Um, and when schools go wireless, we all know that the second you go wireless, you risk interception. So it would be safer to have wired, um, wired computers just for privacy and hacking reasons. Um, but also we really need to look at the software that is tracking students' preferences, frankly, for marketing tools. Um, for the software companies and the hardware companies. Um, also, very important, during a power outage, um, how is the school going to reach 911 if they don't have a landline system? So um, they, the only way would be if they have an industrial strength battery backup. Um, how, how are schools going to reach first responders if they don't have either a battery backup or a landline. I think schools need to deal with that. Um, and then because of 
our federal laws, and I haven't told how, you know, about laws that are currently on the books. Um, briefly, the direction now is to 5G, fifth generation of mobile devices. And in order for that to function so that we can basically have much more cloud-connected services, everything from transportation to education, medical records, everything, um, this will require millimeter wave technology, which can handle much more data than 4G. That will mean putting antennas on public right-of-ways. That's utility poles that can be right next to your child's bedroom, for example. And there would be no recourse for your saying, you know what, I don't want that there next to my kid's bedroom or my bedroom or my office. You would have no recourse. And so these are already starting to be deployed around the country in some uh, cities that are experimenting with it. Um, and there is now the Mobile Now Act, in the, you know, facing the Senate, the Digit Act. Different states are now passing legislation or at least reviewing legislation that will allow these antennas on public right-of-ways. As I see it, this is a loss of local authority over telecom facilities. That's a loss of democracy. And school communities, I think, need to exercise their rights to reduce their exposure within existing legal parameters but people don't even know that it's happening, so we need to get informed. In Chicago, a couple of years ago, there was a, a story that 160 schools in the Chicago area had antennas on the rooftops of their schools, and a lot of parents didn't even know. Um, so we, we need to be looking at all of this as a democratic right that you know, I think people have a right to know what is there, and I believe that people should have the right to say, you know what, I don't want my child in a school where there are antennas on campus or on the roof. And then they need to be able to have a school that they can send their child to. This is also a liability question. So, you know, in the event of a security breach or health damage, um, caused by school-issued computers, for example, or um, antennas that the school has contracted to have on campus, who's liable? You know, that's, it's just another question that we need to look at. Um, and I think you're, you're answering these questions, and as you answer them, I think more come up. I know that some of your recommendations are really basic, like not offering computer time as a reward or a babysitter or a pacifier and considering banning cell phones in the classroom. And I do know in some businesses they ban the cell phone when they're having a business meeting. Now, they're not doing that because they want less exposure. They're doing it because they want people focusing on an issue and not being distracted by their cell phones. And, and that's really, that distraction is so important for children, for example. I've read some studies that people will check their email like 11 times an hour, 
And you don't get what much work done when you're checking for messages that often. And so if children can learn habits and if adults can learn habits, for example, of like with children, maybe encourage them to limit checking their messages, say, two or three times a day. Adults can learn to program their phone so that it is off for two hours and then they check for messages every two hours. Probably you'll get a lot more done and you won't be getting zapped (laughs) um, constantly by the phone, which is going to be checking with the nearest cell tower constantly. Did I get a message? Did I get a message? Every time the phone asks that question, it needs to emit electromagnetic radiation to communicate with the cell tower and to hear back from the cell tower whether or not you've got a message. This is fascinating, Katie, and you're giving us a lot of good information, and we're going to continue this discussion. Um, I, th- I think what I'd like to do is throw out a few more of your suggestions that I thought were very interesting, that when a teacher uh, or a school takes away the cell phones, the students spend more time looking at the teacher and talking and interacting with each other. And when we go back to paper, it also is an important issue, this using pencil and paper, pen and paper, uh, to do work. And in this current uh, education, we're not teaching script writing. We're not teaching that. And I'm starting to get more and more worried because you're opening doors uh, that are very important. So for listeners, if you've tuned in, we're talking with Katie Singer, who's a medical journalist. And you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit nordicnaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega-oils. 
Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530- 0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, and I've been your host for the hour, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 AM. Please tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Dr. Decker Weiss. Now, today our guest has been and still is Katie Singer, a medical journalist, and our topic has been the dangers of EMFs, EMRs, man-made, uh, elect- man-made radiation, and what its effects are on all of us, especially vulnerable children. So, Katie, let's wrap up the information, a summary for those who may just be tuning in and give some resources. I'm going to uh, repeat what your website is. It's electroniccilentspring.com, and that's the name of the book, electroniccilentspring.com. And I didn't tell you this, but I love I love the way you put in Silent Spring, and I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, where the author of Silent Spring uh, wrote her book. Rachel Carson. Carson, Yes. Okay, so let's do a wrap-up on the harmful effects. Let me say that the FCC has looked only at immediate thermal effects, and they did that um, in the mid-'90s, and that's about it. There are thousands of studies showing non-thermal effects, and um, you can, if for people who want to see these studies, um, you can certainly go to my website, electroniccilentspring.com. I, let me also recommend saferemr.com, saferemr.com. That's put out by the School of Public Health at University of California, Berkeley. Um, the uh, bioinitiative.org, bioinitiative.org lists thousands of studies. That's a compilation of 30 scientists internationally who have compiled non-thermal effects of exposure in their studies. Um, ehtrust.org, environmentalhealthtrust.org, um, these are great sources for people who want to know more about peer-reviewed studies showing non-thermal effects of exposure. Um, for screen time exposure, I can really recommend 
resetyourchildsbrain.com, which is Dr. Victoria Dunkley's um, site about going going on an electronic fast, having your child on an on a three week electronic fast. Um, very important there. I didn't mention that Dr. Dunkley's reports. Um, she reports that when a child watches, uh, when a child can manipulate the screen with a mouse or a touchpad, a keypad, that's actually more hazardous to brain development than passive TV watching. And the way I understand it is if you're looking at a screen and there's a train coming at you and you're a child, your brain has to make an adjustment that that's an image that is not real. And it's not great for brain development. It's like, you know, because we all have that emotional terror when there's a train coming at us, even if we're watching something on a screen that, quote-unquote, isn't real. It's virtual. Well, if you add um, an the child's ability to manipulate that image so that the train turns away and, say, crashes into a building because they're dragging a mouse. Um, they can, with the mouse, they can drag the train into a building. That, again, is another stretch for the child's brain. This is not natural. <laughs> this is not how our brains are designed to, be, to, to, to develop. So, so the simple idea here is that video games, interactive screen time is much more hazardous to brain development than passive TV watching. So you really want to minimize, if not totally eliminate, um, video gaming and manipulating of screen time when with children. A couple other things that I can recommend. Um, again, protect your sleep. So turn the Wi-Fi routers off while you sleep. Unplug everything in the bedroom. That's the simplest way to do that. Um, for alarm clocks, you don't want to be using um, an electronic device for an alarm clock. Go to the thrift shop, get a wind-up, <laughs> um, and that will be much healthier for your brain. I see so many people who have those $10 digital alarm clocks right beside their head or they're using their phones or their iPads for alarm clocks. That's not good. You, you want to wind up for an alarm clock. Very important, don't use a mobile device in a car. And here's why. At every mile... Your phone is going to disconnect from one cell tower and reconnect to a new one. And when it makes that reconnection, it goes to maximum power. You are in a metal box, the, you know, the vehicle. That's like a Faraday cage. And so to make the signal between the cell tower and your phone, again, the phone has to go to maximum power. All of that radiation, much of it, gets trapped within the metal box, which is where you are. So just don't use in a car. Um, you, in order to keep yourself from getting 
exposure 24-7 from your phone. If you must have a phone, program it so that you only get messages, say, every two or three hours. And it will make you much more efficient, and you won't keep getting zapped. You want to be sure that the phone is off when you turn it off. So you're going to have to read the manual to find out what off really means. And, um, yeah, that's what you want. Um, Also, I would say we didn't talk about this, but don't upgrade so frequently. And that will help with electronic waste, which is, of course, an issue for our children's future. Um, We're just, at this point, I think Westerners are discarding 66 pounds of electronic waste per year. And we don't need to keep upgrading. You know, just adapt to what you've got. And um, see if you can ask questions in for yourself and for your family, okay, what can we do to reduce? Do we really need to upgrade? And talk with other friends. I think um, inviting discussion about safer tech use in schools, this is my new paper, which is posted at Electronic Silent Spring. I just think if people can read this as a family, as a small working group together, you know, as a neighborhood group, and just say, okay, this part does not work for me, but I'm going to try this and see if I get any results. Um, That's how change happens. I've heard that change happens in groups of seven, and I've imagined that this paper could be um, for small groups that think, okay, we've got some problems. We want to look at this. We want to find out what our options are, what options are realistic for us. And that's, that's the Way to go. The way to start. These are excellent, excellent suggestions. Um, I was also interested in the cabled Internet access uh, being preferable uh, so that the electromagnetic radiation EMR is emitted by the device and web access is confined within a cable. Can you elaborate on that? That's an important Um. Yeah, this is, um, okay, here's a simple thing. When, most people haven't thought, when you're using, when, when you're using, let's say, a television, you're plugging it in, the electricity that you're using is confined inside the cable, inside the electric cord. When you're, or let's, let's go to a telephone. Um, yeah. If you are using a wireless cord, a, a wireless telephone, or a cell phone, those the cordless phone and the cell phone still require electricity, but the electricity is not confined inside a cable. Where is it? It's in the air. You're getting exposed all the time. So... In order to confine the electricity, you need a cable. And, yeah, in order for the cell phone to operate, it needs the antenna. And that antenna is going to send signals, you know, via a kind of electromagnetic radiation that penetrates 
the buildings and trees and people. Um, we haven't thought about this. So in order to reduce your exposure, you want wired access. And at this point, the technology is changing so rapidly that I certainly don't understand it. M many of the people that I'm in touch with don't understand it. But, y yes, you can start asking these questions like you've just asked, Dana, and, and say, okay, I need to talk with three scientists and engineers and confirm that I now have less exposure in my household um, because of, you know, try, because of getting wired here. And I'm not being clear except to say your question is exactly right. And you need to be talking with engineers who need to be asking the same questions. And if those engineers at first say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that question, that's a good engineer. You want to keep talking with that person. Um, you will need meters that will measure the exposure because that's what we need. Um, we, we can't feel these things often. Um, and, it, yeah, again, I'm going to recommend at least three engineers on your team to answer your questions. Well, thank you for all of this information, Katie, and we'll certainly want to have you back again because this is an expansive and expanding subject. So thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to remind you, listeners, about Dr. Joseph Pizzorno's new book, The Toxin Solution, How Hidden Poisons in the Air, Water, Food, and Products We Use Are Destroying Our Health and What We Can Do to Fix It. And you can go to thetoxinsolution.com. That's thetoxinsolution.com. And this book is recommended by many of the guests we've had uh, here on The Essentials of Healthy Living. Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. James Gordon, Dr. Jeffrey Bland, Dr. David Perlmutter, Dr. Michael Murray, and J.J. Virgin. So I encourage you to do that. And I want to thank you, listeners, for joining us on The Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM. You can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.